This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Shao Ik. Have you made a New Year's resolution to pick up a new sport or maybe to take a hike up a mountain with a group of friends or perhaps just to be more active, right? And that's something that a lot of people start off strong um, every time uh, a new year comes around. Or maybe you're dealing with an injury or you have aches and pains and just don't know how to exercise safely. All of these concerns, we want to hear from you today because I have in the studio with me consultant orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Harjit Singh, and we're doing an open clinic with him. And we're going to answer all your questions about starting your fitness journey right, how to stay motivated throughout the year, how to address any issues like injuries, or like I said, those aches and pains that you've been dealing with. So the number to call, 03-7733-2900. You can also WhatsApp or send us a voice note at 018-789-8899 or tweet us at BFM Radio. Dr. Harjit, Happy New Year. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm so happy to be back. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think we're kicking been... off with a great topic. Yes. Uh, from a virtual show that we used to do last year, now we have virtual clinics. So <laughs> That's right. I'll try my best. Absolutely. And um, I think uh, if we just set the picture first, I guess, um, if people are looking to you know, new year, new me, that kind of um, goal setting or resolution setting, whatever you want to call it. Let's not put a label on it. If you just want to be active, what does being active and fit mean? Uh, and, and what should people be considering? Yeah, I think I think the way we look at it should change. Because uh, a lot of times when you say being fit, uh, someone would say that, you know, I can run a particular distance or I can do a particular sport well. But I think that being fit, uh, to me means that you can run your everyday activity, uh, work, uh, chores, play mm-hmm. with some energy at the end of it and you don't get overly tired. Uh, it's not about, if you look at the facets of fitness that we look at, uh, cardiovascular fitness, the aerobic fitness is the one that we often quote. But I think it's important to have uh, good muscle strength good muscle endurance, which helps in uh, balance. We add on uh, ensuring that you have good flexibility. And I think all of it comes together uh, to a good concept of what fitness and health is about. It's not only about the distance you can run or how good are you at a particular sport, but when you look at it globally in this way, then you are looking towards having a healthy lifestyle. Is there... A danger in somebody only focusing, like you said, on um, one particular aspect and not then paying attention to the overall thing. Yeah, I, I think, okay, I, I'll give you my, my, my short journey <laughs> at this, right? Uh, I, I don't, I mean, you're not supposed to give excuses, but okay, so time is off premium to me. And the mm-hmm. first thing I started doing was something cardio. So I cycled quite a bit. But you do notice that cycling, running is good for weight loss. But after a particular time, uh, you tend to also, you know, people in at, at my age, you tend to also notice that you're losing a bit of muscle and you need to start a little bit of strength work. That's where the muscle strength and urine starts working on. And I realized uh, probably about six, seven months ago that I needed to add on that part of it. 
of course, you try to juggle everything at the same time. Uh, it's often difficult. But as I added that, I found that I could do the run and the cycling better. Mm. I had better balance. Okay. And uh, I enjoy myself more. The aches and pains are no longer as long or as much as they were before. Mm. Now, the third part of it, I forgot about flexibility. Because <laughs> you're, you're pushed for time. So that brought about a lot of uh, overuse, uh, aches and pains, mm. uh, which uh, then reminded me of my so-called age and probably lack of flexibility. As I got stronger, I became less flexible. And, you know, now I try mm. to fit everything in. So I need to cut down on some of the aerobic work to add on to the flexibility exercises. And now things are right. Now, if you look at articles, you, you, you try to go and Google it. Everything is written down in a very nice structured plan. But I think that every plan has to be individualized. Uh, we do what we can. We always start slow. And then we build up. And even orthopedic surgeons like me who advise people on this uh, can actually realize that, mm -hmm. hey, this is what I need to do. All and right. uh, that's what I want to share. Absolutely. Excellent example there. Uh, very relatable. So call us with your questions. Any, um, I, th I guess anything you want to clarify when it comes to your fitness regime uh, or if, whether you are into one, you're thinking of starting out, if you're dealing with injuries, um, any issues um, related to uh, sort of getting active and getting fit, call us at 0377332900. You can also WhatsApp message or voice note us at 018789 or tweet us at BFM Radio. And uh, on Instagram, uh, we had already reached out to our followers and ask them to send in some questions. So I'm going to dive right into those, Dr. Harjit. Uh, let's start with a couple of questions on ACL surgery. Lawrence Ng asks, is it normal for my knee to feel loose a year after ACL surgery uh, when I'm playing sports like badminton? And will I be able to run a half marathon two years after my ACL oh, surgery? So you started with a tough one. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, the anterior cruciate ligament or the ACL uh, is an important ligament in the knee, uh, controls uh, rotational movements at the, at the knee. So without an ACL, you probably can walk, mm -hmm. can jog in a straight line. But if you partake in uh, com uh, sports such as badminton, which involve a lot of jumping and twisting movements, mm -hmm. then the ACL comes into play. Uh, if with a successful anterior cruciate ligament reconstruction, after about a year, you should not feel that the knee is loose. But having said that, we need to identify where uh, the leg has been. Okay, uh, Apart from most of the time, we look at the ligament uh, maybe being ruptured back again. But the rehabilitation, see, surgery is an event Okay, after which you have a rehabilitation process that brings you back to the best that you can be or even better than you were before okay after acl surgery uh, the idea is most of us will be compliant to the initial part of rehabilitation but we neglect the ending where we build up the joint position sense of the knee which helps to keep the knee in an optimal position when we play sports if you have an anterior cruciate ligament injury 
And if you think that rehabilitation only uh, includes the knee joint, then you are on the path of disaster because we also realize that the hip joint, the lower back core, the ankle positioning is all very important. Having said that, um, if you see your treating surgeon and he says that, okay, uh, the, the ligament itself looks good, then I think, Lawrence, you relook rehabilitation, uh, probably the advanced part of rehabilitation, mm-hmm. and work your way from there. Um, running the half running marathon. Running the half marathon. You shouldn't have a problem with that. But please, it's not about running the half marathon just because you have successful surgery. You have to then plan and train for the marathon. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I hate running. <laughs> I tried doing it as a, uh, what they call that, uh, multiple sport conditioning. Uh, I do everything else except running. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, that training and the prep is important, isn't it? Not just to dive into the half marathon. Um, also related is Carol's question. After an ACL surgery, what type of exercises do you recommend to reduce the risk of osteoarthritis? Are they linked? Yeah, so, okay, uh, look at, Look at uh, having an ACL surgery as punching your knee. Okay, you have multiple parts to the knee. You have the meniscus, the cartilage, and the ACL. <clears throat> Very rarely do you injure the ACL alone. Any injured knee, even an ACL rupture, the chances of having post-traumatic osteoarthritis is higher than the other knee. Now, if you don't get it treated and the knee remains unstable, you further injure injure the knee. So mm-hmm. you start tearing the meniscus and injure the cartilage. Right. And that accelerates where? Once you appropriately treat the knee, whether it's with physiotherapy <coughs> excuse me, or um, a surgery and do appropriate rehabilitation, you do still have a risk of developing osteoarthritis. But by stabilizing the knee now, you control that. So exercises uh, after ACL injury work on strengthening the core muscles around the hip, mm. okay, um, the hamstring and quadriceps, okay, and more importantly, the way you move. So it's like as a whole, when you partake in sports, okay, the position of the joint in space has to be worked up and brought back. So in advanced rehabilitation after surgery, you know, the use of trampolines, wobble boards, um, you know, um, composite exercises uh, where we actually put you on a wobble board, make you kick a ball or something like Ah, that. Yeah, so we try to retrain. So if you retrain it well, then you you get back and, and, you know, Mm. although the concept is that the knee would, possibly wear out slightly faster than the other side. It need not show symptoms of that. Mm. You might see it on an X-ray, but you're totally fine. Absolutely. Functionally, um, yes. you know, it's it's not as apparent. Um, and that brings to mind a short series we did together, Dr. Harjit, oh, yes. um, with uh, somebody who had actually gone through an ACL uh, a surgery and uh, it's called Recovering from a Knee Injury. So if you go, uh, look for that on our podcast, um, on our website or on our app, uh, there was a very, very nice comprehensive conversation yeah. that we had. I like that one because... Uh, I learned a lot because you're now listening to 
a patient, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, things that we often consider a little bit trivial may not be trivial to the patient. So, Absolutely. Yeah, we so check out that podcast and uh, keep your questions coming in. We have one. We have a couple on WhatsApp that I'll get to after the break. So the number to WhatsApp or send a voice note is zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Call us zero three double seven double three two nine hundred. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Doctor Harjit Singh, consultant, orthopedic surgeon, in the studio with me for our open clinic on um, the fitness, uh, your fitness journey, I suppose, and uh, any queries that you have related to that. Stay tuned to Health and Living on BFM 89.9. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Shaoik, and my guest consultant, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Hajit Singh, in the studio to answer all your questions and concerns related to fitness. So call us at 0377332900, WhatsApp, uh, a text message, or a voice note to us at 018-789-8899 or tweet us at BFM Radio. Here's a question from James. James is 64, has been having sciatica for the past two months, is diabetic, has high blood pressure. James went to see a Chinese sensei two months ago without much improvement and that um, quote-unquote electricity current feeling has reduced by 70% but the backache is still there. James wants to know what should he do? Yeah, James, uh, you are probably, you have taken uh, your problem Approximately 70% of how Malaysians <laughs> do in general. Uh, when I was uh, a young, uh, active person in Moa, the first person we went to see was Tuan Haji Midon in Sabatu. He was our <laughs> traditional <laughs> healer and faith healer during the times where the coaches used to scold us during the hockey games. But let's put that aside now. You see, there are certain things about uh, back pain. Uh, back pain is a very common symptom and... Uh, the problem can be an orthopedic problem from the back or it could even mean you have a kidney stone or you have uh, in a female a gynecological problem or problem in the gut. But if we take those differentials away, there are certain things that are very important in a 64-year-old man who never had back pain before and now is recently having back pain. So if you look at uh, lower back pain, we have certain red flags that we uh, bring about when we train our students saying that these patients need to be investigated before we actually just label them simple, easy back pain. So the first thing is that anyone who is aged above 50 or below 20, never having back pain before, it's mandatory that you get yourself checked out by a doctor Okay, and most of the time we would advocate an X-ray to not miss something more sinister, such as um, malignancy or an infection in the young. That's one thing. Mm. Uh, the second thing is that your back pain is not only uh, involving the back, but you also have that electricity current feeling coming down. Mm. Although it's slowly reducing, it may have reduced because you have curtailed the activity level. Uh, but it also indicates that there is some nerve irritation. So I am very flexible and okay about ultimately how you get your body treated. But I think if you're 64, you need to be investigated. You need to be examined. You need to be investigated. And, and then you can decide how you want to go about this. Mm. 
instead of uh, just thinking. A lot of us would come with, say, I played golf, I get a low back pain, I go to a sensei and I'm fine. Those That is obviously the safe back pain. But if you are above 50, it's lingering on, come, go see your orthopedic surgeon. Absolutely. I hope this helps, James. And uh, now we have on the line, John. Hi, good afternoon, John. You have a question. Hi, afternoon, doctor. Hi. Uh, the question the question is, uh, I just did a torn uh, bankard lesion repair surgery on my shoulder four weeks ago and was advised to be in a sling for six weeks. Um, of course, now I'm four weeks out, I feel like I can be without the sling. I want to know what's your opinion on this because um, the advice is six weeks, but it's, uh, it feels comfortable to be out of the sling right now. Yeah. So, okay, I would assume that your surgery was done arthroscopically. So you only have some yes, small right. steps and it's repaired, right? So now, uh, often I, I get these questions because these are the kind of surgeries that I do and I also keep my patients in a sling for six weeks. Uh, the idea is to protect the injured part and the rehabilitation is important to get the muscle envelope stronger uh, to hold the joint, so to speak. Uh the problem with having arthroscopic surgery is that after surgery, you don't get much pain and everybody thinks those small cuts means that the problem which was fixed inside was actually small. It doesn't necessarily mean that. So tissue healing six weeks is generally the time that you require to regain uh, some amount of muscle strength, uh, joint position strength and bring you about to a safer situation to move fully. It is not only the muscles around the shoulder that are built up, they are actually even involving the muscles of the chest and other parts. So I think, please, don't give your surgeon too much of stress. <laughs> Two weeks more, keep the sling and you will be a happy patient. I hope that answers your question, John. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, do, do listen to your surgeon. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's move on to a WhatsApp question from Sunitra. Um, Sunitra says, I have third stage osteoarthritis of the knee. I'm quite mobile, but I find climbing down steps difficult. I know stairs are not good for OA, but what muscles should I develop or what exercise should I do to help strengthen the ligaments? Okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Sunita. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I am heartened that people listen to my show. Okay, but let's get to your question. Uh, when you say stage 3 OA, now osteoarthritis, uh, on an x-ray, we generally uh, simply divide it into uh, three sta uh, four stages. So one and two, when you don't have a loss in your joint space, three and four, when there is some cartilage loss seen on the x-ray as a reduction in the joint space. Um, you see, the thing about osteoarthritis is um, as we age, there will be some wear and tear and it's seen on the x-ray. If the symptoms that you describe as having pain uh, while stair climbing or coming downstairs uh, actually explains that the arthritic process is predominantly at the kneecap, so the patellofemoral or kneecap joint. And that does very, very well with rehabilitation, concentrating on strengthening the quadriceps muscle, getting the mobility of the patella, which is your kneecap, better, and correcting the gait of movement. 
So not all osteoarthritis, regardless of the gait, needs to be treated with surgery. Uh, bringing you back with good rehabilitation, uh, some amount of injections into the joint or something less than a full-blown surgery often fixes you. Mm, any, I mean, I know you said rehabilitation. Uh, if, if there's something on her own she can do in terms of exercises? Oh, the, the thing about it is I think that uh, cycling is very good for patellofemoral osteoarthritis. Mm. Uh, there are mobility exercises that needs to be specifically just taught to you by the therapist and you do them on your own. So it's not about when we look at rehabilitation, not all the time it's something that you need to go in. Repeatedly. Yeah, repeatedly sometimes. So you could actually probably Google patellofemoral exercises and you will have quite an idea of what you can do. Mm. I always like the idea of seeing a therapist, to be honest, because they look at you, they, they really get to see, help you feel what's going on and whatever they say to you can be demonstrated and it, it's so relatable. Yeah. So similarly for me, when I told you that uh, I had started uh, some amount of strength training, I actually got a trainer. Mm. So we orthopedic surgeons, we know every every muscle and how it functions, but sometimes it takes someone else you can't look at you, you can't look at yourself doing a movement, even though if you're looking in the mirror. But if you have somebody with you, you get guided. I mm. think it's okay. It's money well spent. Absolutely. Um, turning to a question from Instagram from Ian Yong about footwork during jogging and running, which is better to land on the heel, the front pads of your feet, or flat down? Yeah. So this has been an um, a discussion and argument for a longest period of time and. Uh, orthopedic surgeons are the last people that should get involved in it. But I'll, I'll give you my spin. The natural way of us walking has always been a midfoot to forefoot gait. Uh, wearing a shoe has made it to be more of a heel strike. Mm. And uh, those of us who use footwear a lot uh, tend to have that as our natural movement. But a lot of uh, people who get involved in running, have now moved on to having footwear which mimics a barefooted uh, type of motion. Mm. It's actually what works for you. Uh, the cushioning on the modern footwear is good enough to actually be very functional and protect you regardless of how you run. Uh, so you could try both and see what works for you. Mm. And on that note... Um I think for some people, it, the, the footwear obviously isn't working out. Me, Charlie and the other cats uh, on Instagram uh, says, I hurt my heels when I run, um, but there are no such things as heel guards. So how do I ease the heel pain? And, and what's really going on there then? Yeah, so it's an easy way that I, I get a lot of people coming to see me uh, relating the pain that they get to a sporting injury. It's not necessarily so. Right. So when you have heel pain and, and you say it's, oh, I went for a run and I have heel pain, a lot of the changes in the foot have been there for a period of time. And you went for your run wearing a footwear which is two years old because we were just coming out from the pandemic. It has lost its cushioning and it's giving you problems now. That's one thing you can look at. The second thing is the most common cause of heel pain is plantar fasciitis. That's a band of tissue underneath the heel bone. Uh, it helps you keep the arch and uh, allows appropriate movement. If you have your Achilles tendon tight, 
there will be a lot of stress onto your plantar fascia and when you get up in the morning that first few steps causing increased pain is most likely because of that and that's nothing to do with your running it's probably just needs some exercises to increase the flexibility of your Achilles tendon and the pain goes away so it's a bit of work there of course uh, the whole range of other injuries such as tearing a tendon overloading a muscle or even some growth at the heel bone mm-hmm. can also cause pain but common things are common so the most common cause is plantar fasciitis the Achilles tendon is tight and you need to work on it. All right. Um, is that the same as being what they call flat-footed? No. So a lot, I mean, humans are designed not to be equal. That's why we have different minds, different tastes and everything is different. So uh, if you look at the foot, we have the so-called normal arch, which if we plot a Gaussian curve, a lot of people will be there. And then you have someone with a high and a lower arch. So the arch is the curve which is seen in the inner part of the foot. So those who are flat-footed, generally everyone who gets foot pain will say, oh, I'm flat-footed. But it's not necessarily so. There are tests that we do to see whether this flat foot is a flexible flat foot due to weakness of certain muscles. We work on that and they are so much better. Or if it's a rigid flat foot due to the structure of the bone. Okay, so not all pain in the inner part of the foot is because of a flat foot. Now, pushing that further, if you have a flat foot or you have an eye arch, the kind of footwear that you get is actually different. And as technology takes us forward, we can actually uh, chart out how your foot is by putting you on a pressure sensitive or you can even just step on a wet piece of paper and it marks out what kind of arch that you have and you can get the appropriate footwear. All right. No, so on Twitter, Al had asked, um, I think Al is saying that um, they have very flat feet, like literally no arch and um, has knee pain though. Um, so any advice when it comes to doing uh, exercises like running and jogging to reduce that knee pain? Yeah, so I think that really correlates with my answer just now. Mm. The kind of footwear that you use, okay, will actually determine your comfort when you run. So the footwear that is recommended for for a flat foot, okay, uh, barring the fact that you don't have any other problems, okay, is what they call a motion control shoe. So it gives a lot of padding and a bit more support on the inner part of the foot, mm. right? Uh, please understand that Uh, having a problem at one part of the body, whether it's the knee or the foot, there will be always a knock-on effect Mm. to the joint above it and the joint below. Mm -hmm. And say if you have a problem on the right side and you tend to overload the left side, then it will start shifting to the left. So that's why I often say that, you know, if something is lingering and not going away, go go have it looked at. All right. We do have a question on WhatsApp. I'm not sure if um, you're able to answer this, uh, Dr. Hajit. Under what circumstances would you um, order an MRI of the lumbar spine? Do you need more details? Uh, okay, so I, I'll just take this in a very general way. There are there are a few, con- a few situations when I see a patient that I say, no, you need an MRI. There's no way out of this. One, uh, if you have the red flags, that means 
when I ask you questions and you said I've had this back pain and I'm losing weight and I worry about a malignancy. Okay, that's that's definite. You're going to get one. The second one is when I examine you and I find that there is muscle weakness which I can attribute to having something in the spine. Mm. That's the second one. Okay, now the third one also relates to a symptom where a lot of the safe back pains, you have pain during activity. That means uh, when you're up and about, sit down long time, then you get up. Okay, um, when you're having pain at rest or you're having pain at night when you sleep, when you're supposed to not have pain, and when we examine you and all other things fit in, you definitely uh, will, get an MRI. will get an MRI. That means I would suggest an mm. MRI. Mm. But it never happens in isolation. We actually speak to you, we examine you, and then we fit you in. Okay. Uh, having said that, not everything needs an MRI. Mm, sure. All right. Keep those questions coming in. You can send us a WhatsApp message or voice note at 018-789-8899. You can also call us 0377332900 or tweet us at BFM Radio, consultant orthopedic surgeon Dr. Harjit Singh in the studio to answer your fitness and injury-related questions. Um, but he's not going to encourage you to go against your doctor's orders. So keep those questions coming. We have another one that we will get to after the break right here on Health and Living BFM 89.9. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the show with me, T. Shao Ik, on the health and living segment today. Dr. Harjit Singh, consultant, orthopedic surgeon, answering your questions related to fitness and injuries. You can call us at 0377332900, WhatsApp, or send us a voice note at 018-789-8899, or tweet us at BFM Radio. Just want to start off this final part with a, uh, a message from our listener who loves your statement, all human oh. beings are made to be different. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are. Yes, indeed. Just explain that to my wife occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> she might be listening. Oh, yeah. um, Hong Chia Long is asking. Um, so Hong says, um, I run 20 to 30 minutes every day. I'm 37 years old. Um, recently, I feel that my left knee has a tingling sensation. Um, but strangely, when I continue to run, uh, let's say for one to two days, uh, I don't feel this sensation anymore. Is it normal? Mm, this is a difficult one. Okay, having tingling sensations uh, when you run is, okay, not normal. Okay, so that's that's let's get that out there. But uh, seemingly that when you continue running after a few days, it tends to go away. So it doesn't look like it's something sinister. All right. But if it's persistent, have it looked at. Uh, I've had a patient who uh, I did an ACL reconstruction for, okay, and was doing very well and had some tingling just on the outer part of the knee. And that was actually uh, a nerve irritation. Okay, with some medication and some massages at that area to just eke the soft tissue away and he got better. So sometimes if things are persisting, although they don't seem sinister because it keeps on going away, persisting problems will show that it's something dangerous. Mm. I mean, something that needs to be looked at. Mm. But the mantra is if it's troubling you and you're asking me on, on, on the air, Correct. go and get, get it get looked it at. Up. Yeah. 
absolutely. Another question, um, if I have constant pain on the joint of the big toe, is it a bunion or due to footwear or due to the way I walk, there's no swelling uh, and the pain has been there for years. Well, there we go. Yeah, so I think that uh, pain at the foot uh, is extremely common. Okay, not everything is uh, bunion. The bunion actually explains uh, pain at the ball of the big toe, okay, where the toe itself joins the rest of the foot. Okay. Not the side that's yeah, facing. Yeah, the side. Yeah, so that's huh? the ball of the big toe. Mm, okay. okay. Right. Now, um, you can have uh, pain at the other joints of the foot and also other parts of the great toe. A lot of them are related to footwear, so you're right there. Sometimes it's also related to uh, overuse, the distances that you walk, the wear and tear of the footwear. And uh, often uh, it may also be related to problems at the ankle. So you turn the way you walk just to uh, reduce the pain at the ankle and that can cause it. Now, not everything is bunion. Uh, Most of the time we've been having it at the same intensity over a couple of years uh, and if you're beyond the age of 45 uh, it tends to be somewhere and tear at the joint and uh, that can be helped sometimes by a splint at night sometimes just some simple exercises to strengthen out the muscles around and if there is a malalignment of the toe mm. uh, sometimes you need surgery so it depends uh, if it's persisting have it looked at. Mm. Uh, if it's not worsening and you can live with it, so just have a look at your footwear. Wear something which doesn't uh, um, bring, yeah, constrict mm, and bring all the toes. The, yeah. Mm. So you know, sometimes that's what they call a toe box. It's the front of the toe. The height of it is important, and how broad it is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You're gonna say high heels, but are bad, less no? less stylish. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I stopped saying high heels. People don't come and see me. <laughs> They told me that it gives them a quiet confidence, so I just accept it and oh. I say less stylish. <laughs> less yeah. stylish. We have Ben who's asking, uh, Ben says, uh, I find that I cannot bend at a 45 degree angle for long without experiencing back pain and feeling very weak. Um, I can only do it for very short periods. What might be the problem? Okay, so uh, I go back again saying that back pain, back problems are... Uh, exceedingly uh, common. Uh, The ability of uh, having stiffness and not being able to come down uh, is is a symptom that I often see. But I don't like the part that you say that you are feeling very weak. Mm. If now that weakness uh, moves down to your buttocks or the thighs, that's another red flag that needs to be looked at and possibly uh, imaged appropriately even with an MRI. So, you have a problem that falls into the group of problems with back pain that I don't like. Mm. So that's the one I said, okay, don't self-treat, go go see someone. All right. Uh, let's move to the shoulder. Uh, Anthony says, I have a rotator cuff injury, got a steroid jab for it. Uh, if the injury uh, occurs again, do I get another steroid jab? Is it safe to do so or should I go and do physiotherapy? Yeah, so the thing about the shoulder joint, it is not like the hip joint. The hip joint uh, is a very stable joint. The shoulder joint relies on the muscles around it 
to allow a greater range of movement and therefore is more prone to problems uh, related to wear and tear. As a matter of fact, the rotator cuff, uh, when you say a rotator cuff, uh, uh, he said injury. Yeah. Okay, mm. a rotator cuff injury can range from just having it uh, inflamed, the tendinitis, right up to tears which can be partial or complete. Now, once you have a tear, uh, generally the doctors don't actually... Uh, inject steroids because often that can make the tear propagate. Mm. But if you have tendinitis, uh, we often would, you know, after we examine you, we say, okay, maybe a jab will help you. The idea about it, it's not only the jab. The shoulder functions such that uh, even the muscles around the scapula, uh, even the other bigger muscles, the deltoid, the pectoralis major, around the front and sides, they act in concert to keep the shoulder right in the centre so it can function well. Mm. When you have tendinitis, uh, you tend to move the shoulder abnormally, uh, making your problem worse. So the injection is to reduce your symptoms allowing us to show you the exercises to normalize movement at the shoulder. Mm. Um, I don't advocate uh, injections within six months of the first. Uh, sometimes when an injection helps you for a short period of time, your doctor would actually revisit his diagnosis in the first pain because a lot of times pain at the shoulder may come from the neck so even neck problems can cause you some pain at the shoulder. So mm. you sometimes when things don't work the way I thought they would, I revisit my diagnosis. Mm. I go back, I examine the patient back again, and then we work on further. Okay. Um, something to do with the bones now. Nyam is asking, how important is a bone scan? Nyam uh, himself, herself has done two bone scans with differing findings, I think. One showed osteoporosis, one showed osteopenia. Um, so yeah, how important is a bone scan? Um, what do you do if you have findings like this, either osteopenia or osteoporosis? Okay, so the thing about... Uh, and related to, I yeah, think it looks it? like uh, supplements or, or medication. Yeah, so um, when you were first... Uh, advised uh, bone scan, okay, uh, it showed osteoporosis. Now, the treatment for some X is actually alendronate. It's a bisphosphonate. It increases the bone density. And that is a good treatment for osteoporosis. And that shows in your repeat scan after about a year that from osteoporosis, uh, where you are right, right at the bottom, you have moved to osteopenia. And Often, we would say that you continue the Fosamax for a minimum period of about two years. Okay, that's alendronate. And at the same time, understand that um, when you have osteoporosis, you have a bone which is a little bit more fragile. And exercises, particularly weight-bearing exercises, such as bricks walks, going for a jog, actually help keep the bone in... Uh, proper strength mm. okay uh, swimming cycling they are not weight bearing exercises so the exercises that actually help an osteoporotic bone is weight bearing exercises how this works is that the stresses that you put on the bone helps the bone model itself to build bone at the point where it undergoes stress 
and that's only with weight bearing. Mm. So it's not only about taking the medication, but it looks like you are on a good path. All from right. osteoporosis, you have moved to osteopenia. And uh, related to that, on Instagram, Christine had asked uh, also, you know, having osteopenia, but also an undiagnosed back and shoulder issue. Uh, and wants to know what's the best way to start a fitness journey. Okay, so the thing about it is, uh, what's her name again? Sorry. Christine. Christine. Mm. So, Christine, you are, have made a good decision to start being fit. Uh, because I mentioned just now that weight-bearing exercises are very, very important uh, to keep your bone uh, as good as it can get for the longest period of time. But your scenario is you have undiagnosed back and shoulder issues. So sometimes obtaining a pre-participation evaluation of your orthopedic conditions allows you to exercise safely. So see the orthopedist or see the sports medicine physician, um, they would evaluate you. And if the shoulder problem is something that would limit you to partake in overhead activities, they would probably tell you that. Mm. And the lower back problem, if it's because of a core muscle or a muscular problem, which can be uh, fine-tuned and made be, made be better by exercises, they'll also tell you that. So if... The, the take-home is that if you have existing problems and you are new to exercising, uh, it is good to get fit, but you want to get fit safely, so you can do a pre-participation evaluation. All right. Um, I'm going to squeeze in one last one. Uh, moving to the wrists. Oh. Uh, Sunflower is asking, um, when I try to do push-ups, my wrists hurt a lot. And Sunflower also emphasised that uh, she, uh, he, is not an athlete. So, the wrists. Okay, so, okay, um, I started doing push-ups and they, my wrists hurt a lot. Okay, the idea is that the way you do it, right, some of us, we are starting very fresh and we want to do 20 push-ups and after the third one, we are having a poor form and a lot of load will go on to the wrist. When you say poor form though, what does that mean? Okay, so when you do a push-up, the, the stance, that means the way your arms and shoulder, they should be in parallel, they should not be too wide and then you should move in an upward, downward motion and you don't need to go so low down and if that is not done correctly, you will immediately start hunching your shoulder a bit and then your elbows will move out and you start having pain. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, it's just something simple as that. Particularly if you are not athletic. So even people who are athletic, if they are doing a new exercise they are not accustomed to and they are doing it wrongly, they will have problems. So mm. it's natural. Get someone to show you the proper way to do it start with very few to get the way to do it right and then build yourself up, you'll be fine. Absolutely. Noraini, uh, this is going to be the last one we can take, I think. Noraini on WhatsApp, 40 years old, did an MRI a few years back due to bad back pain. No pinched nerve, but disc tear and the L5 disc is degenerating. It is thinner than the others. My issue, Noraini says, is severe... Oh, you can correct me if I'm doing this wrong, Dr. Harjit. Piriformis syndrome. Uh, and Noraini wants to know if there's medical treatment. Yeah, so uh, piriformis is one of the small muscles in the hip, at the back of the hip. And 
it overlies the sciatic nerve. So mm. often when you have pain which is shooting down the leg, uh, the most common thing that we would first look at is your spine because that's the common cause of sciatica. But when we examine you, we don't only examine the spine, we also examine the hip joint and pressure at the area of the piriformis may elicit your symptoms. So you have what they call a piriformis syndrome. And often I do the MRI to exclude anything in the spine because you can have two pathologies at one time. Mm. Piriformis syndrome, um, a lot of uh, flexibility exercises to stretch up the piriformis so it doesn't give uh, a lot of pressure onto the nerve, uh, a lot of pelvic floor work, a lot of exercise-based activities around mm. the hip and, and you are okay. Uh so I think that it's definitely treatable. Mm, well, and like you said, exercise-based treatment. Thank you so much, Dr. Harjit. Yeah, it we was like going on a waiwa. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of uh, going for sure my final you orthopedic exam. Exactly, and we sped through quite a lot, although I can't promise we covered all. So hopefully we can get you in again, Dr. Harjit, to uh, put you on a hot seat and answer more of these questions. Thank you so much. I've been speaking to consultant orthopedic surgeon <clears throat> Dr. Harjit Singh right here on Health and Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.